lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to what is essentially an emergency pod. We put wee, together wee, on a Saturday um, to uh, to discuss the big game last night, the big result, the unthinkable happened. De La Salle has now officially lost to a Northern California team, or as uh, I know some will point out very specifically, lost to somebody north of Clovis for the first time <laughs> in, in 30 years. So I, I believe it was a 318 uh, unbeaten, 318 game unbeaten streak that ended last night in Mountain View to St. Francis, and uh, it was a uh, last second victory for the Lancers as they scored on a touchdown pass with about 16 seconds left, and De La Salle's last ditch efforts came up short. So 31-28 victory for the Lancers, and we are here to do a quick discussion of it. I've got. Ben Enos here, my regular co-host, and I'm going to turn it over to him real quick. Ben, your first reaction when seeing this news last night? Yeah, let's uh, let's get one thing straight. The sun is still shining here in the Bay Area. The world has not ended. I just wanted to get that out there first. Uh, my Twitter timeline last night was incredible. But let's uh, let's take a step back from that first. Uh, I checked my phone at halftime. I was at Bellarmine San Leandro Burrell Field, and I saw that St. Francis had the lead, and I've seen that before. Uh, so I kind of made it a joke to uh, Andy Chu of the Bay Area News Group, a photographer friend of mine, and he said, well, that's different. <laughs> uh -huh. And so we kind of went about our business and watched the second half of our game, and I, I checked again at the near the end of the second half of our game and saw Dale Sal was coming back, so I figured – okay, this is going to be like so many other nights where the Spartans start slow and they ultimately figure it out. So I, I did my interviews, got in the car, drove home from Burrell. And by the time I got home and I looked at my phone, uh, you texted me that the NorCal streak was ending. And so my first reaction was uh, really not shock. I yeah. mean, uh, it's not this crazy out of left field thing. And I say that for a couple of reasons. First of all, it had to happen sometime. You know, uh, second, St. Francis is really good. And we all knew that everybody knew St. Francis was good. Third, all everyone that will be on this podcast today has covered Dillis Allen a loss. So we've seen this happen before. Um, they will bounce back. They will still be Northern California, one of Northern California's dominant powers. But it wasn't like out of this crazy out of left field thing. And so first of all, props to them for being the power that they have always been and handling everything with class as they have always done. And second, just, you can't say enough about St. Francis. I mean, props to them for being the dragon slayers because, you know, somebody had to do it. Why not them? Totally agree. I, I kind of felt the same way. We, uh, you mentioned that somebody else would be on this podcast. So I'm going to introduce him right now. It's Damon Esper, someone who was actually at the game last night. He's been at all three of the Spartans uh, games this year as the broadcaster for the De La Salle TV internet broadcast. And so, first of all, welcome, Damon. Honored to be here. <laughs> you were there. You saw it unfold in real time. So why don't you kind of give us your first impressions of what it was like being there and uh, just the, how that game unfolded. Well, the uh, the thing you noticed uh, going in was how much the size advantage 
that St. Francis on the, on the lines on both sides of the ball. Now, back in the day, there were the gutty little Spartans when Bob Lattister in the early 80s would have these 160 pound linemen blocking against much bigger guys that, you know, we haven't had that era for a while. De La Salle has a great weight program. Uh, somebody like Cooper Flanagan on the defensive line and tight end is not a small young man. The Tofionos, Tyler Henry, it's not like they're, they're still running out 165 pound linemen. Uh, but they were at a disadvantage, and we saw that coming in. And almost immediately, you could see that the uh, St. Francis line was just beating the crap out of De La Salle on both sides of the ball, and we never see that from a Northern California team. And we talked about it on the broadcast. It was just amazing how well that line, and, and I just want to talk about them for a second. It's uh, Michael Taliauli, Solomon Tupa, Alex Bobadilla, Daenerys uh, DeRosa and Uluakinofo Taliuli were the starters across the line. And uh, boy, they just played a great game. You expected De La Salle to adjust at halftime, and they did, and they played much better on the line in the second half, and that really helped on the offensive side, and the Veer got going. But uh, just a fabulous job by St. Francis on the line, and that's really where it starts and ends. The atmosphere had to be electric, certainly down the down the stretch there, right? It, it looked, I saw from photos that I saw and some of the videos that were posted, it looked like it was pretty packed house, especially considering all this going on. Yeah, the St. Francis side was uh, fairly fill, filled. Uh, um, there were a couple seats on the De La Salle side open, but they had a decent crowd too. Uh, they have their little rage cage students section and they, you know, all the smoke keeps coming up from them. And I I found out after the game, as I and Pat the stat were walking to my car, I gave Pat a, Sturgis a, a ride home, and he uh, and and I smelled all this talcum powder and realized that's their smoke effect is <laughs> talcum powder. It was a great atmosphere, and and their and their crowd went nuts, obviously, and there was a lot of celebrating on the field, and nobody wanted to leave the field from that side. You know, we we did a long post game because we were talking about some of this stuff. Uh, me and Pat McCormick, uh, Pat McCormick, Pat O'Rourke on the uh, De La Salle TV broadcast. And, uh, 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 you know, they, they were still, we're, we're packing up stuff and everybody's just still out on the field, and which is exactly what you'd expect. It was a terrific atmosphere and uh, a great win for St. Francis. I, uh, I personally very much appreciate a good rage cage. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in favor of that. Um, I find it very appropriate as we kind of reflect on the fact that it was St. Francis that got the job done, that it's a West Catholic Athletic League team. Um, and, and I say that because I think all three of us have seen early season scares for De La Salle against teams from that league. Um, the Bay Area News Group, I think Darren Sabager did a nice story on uh, Bellarmine game that Chase and I were both at 10 years ago Right. Um, that was would have been gone the same way if not for a miss pat um but do you find it kind of appropriate that it was a, a west catholic athletic league team just because they seem to be the teams that de la salle has always tried to test itself against early in the season you know it's funny uh, i came across this summer uh a, a bulletin board i guess an internet bulletin board where uh, some wcal fans were proclaiming how you know De La Salle would never have this streak if they played in the WCAL, which is a little bit preposterous. It has been 32 years since they lost to a 
WCAL team and they have played them, you know, not just one a year sometimes, you know, there's a, uh, many of them <laughs> are still looking for their first win uh, against the Spartans. So yes and no. I mean, the, the Bellarmine game, the, the other uh, San Ramon Valley had a game a couple of years ago, maybe about four years ago. Uh, where uh, they went for too late and, and played a great game and almost pulled it off. Pittsburgh, of course, the famous game in 93 where uh, Bastianelli hit Gelderman late in the game uh, with 48 seconds or something left in to pull it out. Uh, you know, they don't have a lot of truly close games to go down to the final minute. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know that the Catholic League is any more or less... Uh, uh, I was going to say deserving. I don't think that's right. What I mean, but more or less the, t the school that would do it to break the Bay area streak or the Northern California uh, stuff uh, than a Pittsburgh could have, you know, we, we, we've, all of us have heard, you know, the, and this year is a year that we're hearing from Pittsburgh that, Hey, this is the year we've got a great group of kids. So it could have been that them, it could have been uh, a lot of different, you know, any of the East Bay Athletic League teams have had, you know, Division One quarterbacks come through where you like, you know what, if they had pulled, uh, you know, Monte Vista had, had uh, a couple of halfway decent close calls. Amador Valley had a couple of close calls, uh, not in the, not in, you know, the lead changing hands twice in the last two minutes close calls, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it could have been any, there's a lot of good teams up here. The, diff the difference, as we all know, is that uh, Southern California, there's six, seven teams every year that may be, you know, on the level. And De La Salle is generally, you know, so far ahead of everybody that, you, you know, you can beat them, obviously, but you need to catch a break and you need to, you know, you need to do something well out there and you need to have a weird game where there's fumbles on four consecutive offensive snaps and De La Salle doesn't convert an onside kick that they recover and all these things that happened in the game, a fumble going into the end zone in the fourth quarter that uh, delayed De La Salle being able to take the lead. Uh, all these things happened last night and, and you need those breaks in addition to being really good. Well, I'm going to make the few listeners that we have uh, grown here and say that uh, Pittsburgh and Ceremon and a lot of these East Bay teams that have pushed them in the past, they still have their own streak to break. So they still haven't lost to a North Coast section opponent for my count, I counted this morning, and, and my count might be right or wrong. I, I think I'm close, but I have a 253 game North Coast section winning uh, unbeaten streak. So those teams can still can still still have their shot to break that to break that streak. Yeah, you you have children, don't you? Don't you have things to do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, um, that, I want to say we we have fun with the 318 or whatever it yeah. is, but. You know, the 318 includes Salinas, which is north of, uh, which is south of Clovis. <laughs> I mean, you know. I knew this would come up, see? Well, we had, we had a great halftime discussion of it because you could see what was going on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like you can go to Vimeo and look at De La Salle TV and you can watch the game. And you'll see at halftime that uh, Pat and I had a really nice discussion uh, on the subject of what exactly is a NorCal winning streak you know and 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 the point just being that you know like it, yeah it's it's uh there's a there's a lot of streaks out there that you know you can separate out when we had uh, coach edson on last week uh we were talking on the podcast we were talking about uh aptos against palma um two schools that uh de la salle knows well and palma especially 
Um, and I think that speaks to your point a little bit because De La Salle has never been afraid to play a no. team from anywhere. So, uh, yeah, streaks, you can, you know, when was the last time they lost to a school from within six square miles or 10 square miles? You can do whatever you want to the, to the statistics. The big streak is still the big streak. And this streak is what it was, and they're still going to play a game next week. So, well, well, the Northern relevant. California thing is, if you define it as I do, that Clovis is Northern California. Uh, it's 16 years. It's not like you know. It's, it's we're not talking about nothing here. And now we're going to take a quick timeout for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. We understand an upside down world, but they're writing us off before we get to the starting line. A stalled generation? Who do you think is going to fix all this? We will, because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. And now, back to the show. One thing that came to mind as I was kind of thinking about the game this morning is why now? Why why this De La Salle team? And where can this De La Salle group continue to improve i think you you having seen them the first three weeks are in a great position to tell us you know where they are now and where they're going to get to because we know they're going to get better how much better will they get they're good um they uh you know if anybody didn't learn their lesson in 2004 i don't know what to tell you you know like a contrast times uh you know ranking them third in the bay area was absurd because they were losing the teams that are losing to or were just, you know, off the charts. And then they had the tie to Clayton Valley, which was funky. Um, yeah, this is the this is the odds on favorite for the uh, for the NCS championship. Uh, St. Francis, of course, is going to have to run the gauntlet in the uh, West Catholic League if they want to get the uh, open division uh, bowl berth. But that so that's in play now, obviously. Uh, but, you know, really, even even though the line was kind of abused for most of the game last night there, you know, this, this is still a pretty good line. They've still got good linebackers. You should watch the video and you're going to see things like uh, uh, Demoni Perkins, who's a terrific player who gets in the backfield all the time and just blows quarterbacks and running backs up. He's getting sealed on the edge all the time over and over and over and over again. That's not going to happen again, to a Northern California team for them. They need to probably get a little bit more out of their quarterback play. They've been, Justin Allenbaugh for the last few years has been trying to develop the passing game, get away from the veer a little bit because he feels it's very important in terms of battling those CIF Southern section teams like St. John Bosco, Modern Day, Centennial, whoever's going to come out of there, uh, that they need a better, more diverse offense that the veer just isn't going to get it done against teams that have backups who are going to division one colleges, you know, so uh, he wants to do that, but it was the veer that got them back. You know, it was the running game that got them back into the game last night for the most part. And so the passing game is going to have to develop more. They had a couple of players out last night. Tegelo is, is, is injured. We don't know if he's going to come back. Journey McCoy was out. And uh, so, you know, we're not sure, uh, you know, every team has injuries. Nobody's crying for the Spartans, obviously, but uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's, we'll, we'll see how things uh, develop later in the year, but the defense is still good. The running game is still good. Nobody's going to abuse them, at least in this area on the line, like they happened last night. So uh, yeah, I think, 
uh, I think everybody, you know, <laughs> you said the sun is coming up. I mean, it's pretty preposterous if you're cheering for a team that hasn't lost to a Bay Area team in 30 years and you're, you think the world has come to an end. But, uh, you know, yeah, they're going to be good. They're going to they're going to continue to improve. Um, and uh, at the end of the year, I mean, I feel pretty safe. You know, when you start your gambling podcast, I'd be betting very heavily on De La Salle is going to be playing in that uh, CIF bowl game at the end of the year. The game against Folsom now looms a lot larger, for sure, on October 8th. Yeah, I think I've seen Folsom on tape. I saw them uh, uh, against uh, Monterey Trail, uh, which is, yeah, yeah, which isn't necessarily, you know, obviously, you know, both De La Salle and Folsom blew them out. But, you know, I I would say that Folsom is still two touchdowns behind De La Salle on, you know, each team's average day. I would, you know, like, uh, I don't know much about the St. Francis team uh, from Baltimore other than read up on them. <laughs> boy, is that an interesting situation. Anyone who wants to talk about recruiting, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, uh, you know, when they get through you know, to the North Coast section teams at the end half of their schedule, the EBAL teams, and when they, into the NCS playoffs. I mean, you know, it would it would be a surprise to say the least that if they got sidetracked, but they have to do the work. And you know, every it doesn't matter if it's Allen Ball, Edson, Lattister, any De La Salle coach will tell you, uh, you know, they have to kids have to do the work. And and just because you know history has the kids uh, shows the kids doing the work every year and and succeeding, you know, they 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 still have to make it happen. But how much evidence do you need, you know, to not say, well, they're still the favorite. It's uh, interesting. So you've invoked the F word. And so I will go down this, uh, this rabbit hole Chase has, and sports stars have to put a rankings together this week of Northern California teams. And you've seen Folsom on film. The two of us have seen Folsom in person at that Monterey trail game. And now you've seen St. Francis as well as De La Salle. If you had to do it, what is your Northern California ranking of those three schools? uh as of today well uh i do believe that if i'm voting in a poll and a team beat a team on the field that uh you have to put them you know in in that order so it's st francis de la salle Folsom right now <laughs> uh, if you ask me who i'd expect to be voting on at the end of the year i expect it to be de la salle and st francis Folsom somewhere two and three uh, but St. Francis has to beat Sarah to even be in that conversation. And I've, I haven't seen Sarah yet, but I'm told that Sarah's really loaded this year. And uh, I believe they're closing the season uh, with each other and on a Saturday. And uh, I would uh, likely be at that game just to check it out, you know? For sure. Get me that CCS pass, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get my own. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can maybe we order counterfeit ones on the uh, internet, you know, like how kids get their driver's licenses made in China now that say they're of age. Can I be credentialed to say that I'm recruiting for Bishop Sycamore? Yes, yes. Bishop. <laughs> I, I haven't learned their nickname. Otherwise, I'd give you a go Sycamores or something. I haven't either. All right. Well, Ben, do you have any, do you have anything else? I do. I actually have one more question and it's because I spent the night with um, watching Bellerman last night. Um, this evolution, this offensive evolution 
Um, Bellarmine's going through the same thing right now. For years and years and years for Coach Janda, they were ex almost exactly the same as De La Salle, just in a different form. But they were going to pound you all the time. And so I got a chance to see their spread offense with a, a few familiar principles last night. How is that, having not seen De La Salle this year, how is that evolution coming for them? And, and you know, is this, is last night a expected growing pain in that process as they try and move towards something a little bit different offensively? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting question because that, uh, this, this, this program, there's a lot of kind of things about this program that you learn as you, you, you hang around it. And one of them is Bob Lattister always had a kind of, the kids need to work it out. And what, it, and, and in part that meant, you know, we, we practice a pretty simple thing, you know, the Vera option, we we're, we're, you know, we pass when we have good passers or good receivers. Uh, but, uh, you know, like ultimately it's, it's about figuring it out. And if you apply that concept to the passing game, you would expect that they're going to just say, listen, uh, Luke Derman has to figure out it, figure it out. Zeke Berry has to figure it out. Bryant Meredith has to figure it out. Cooper Flanagan has to figure it out, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, um, so we'll see the, uh, it, it, it's certainly, you're going to, you're going to have situations when you take that attitude and, and just to be clear, I'm in favor of that attitude because that, you know, the, the point of this as, as Latticer uh, uh, famously said, the game does not stand tall. And what that means is that the game is just mindless violence, unless there's some purpose to it. And the purpose is to get the kids to learn how to figure things out. And uh, you know, like if, if you're going to go back to the veer to try and win football games, instead of figure out the passing game, that kind of isn't uh, doesn't fall under that principle. So uh, I expect them to continue to try and work on it. They had been working on it. I don't think it's any different than the last few years. You know, Dorian Hale was a terrific two way athlete at quarterback. He could throw the ball and he could also run and they, you could see them trying to work it out. You know, the passes would get missed sometimes or whatever, but they keep throwing it and at a higher rate than they normally did in previous years. So you could see them working on trying to get there. Uh, now if you, uh, if you don't have, you know, Randy Moss on your roster or something, <laughs> if you don't have uh, a quarterback who's at that, you know, high level, there's, there are limitations to that, uh, that you can do, but I think they're going to continue with the philosophy because I think Justin's committed to it. You mentioned people going back to, to watch the game. Is the, is the replay up yet? Yeah, it's it's up. If you go to Vimeo slash uh, De La Salle TV, all actually all the archives for like something like eight years or seven years or something are up there. Uh, the the games are broadcast through there every week. Um, it's free. It, they may ask you to try and sign up for a paid package or whatever, but the games are actually free. So you just back out of that and, and watch it. And And it's me and Pat O'Rourke. Uh, Pat play by play me with the color. I'm the pretty boy on TV. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's fun. You know, we've been, we've been together doing this for a few years. And then even before Pat came in, I was kind of like their backup guy that I would come in for a couple of games. So I've had about 10 or 11 years now doing the broadcast, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, as you alluded to, I, I covered the school back in the nineties for a few years, uh, at the times. And, uh, 
you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we're not NBC with 62 cameras or anything, but, you know, we got two. <laughs> you know, we got a, a graphic with a score buck, bug. We've got, you know, I'm, I'm keeping stats and I'm, I'm, you know, getting to look at the, you know, study what's going on here and hopefully bringing some insight to the broadcast. So it's a lot of fun. And so we appreciate if people would check it out on Vimeo. And uh, again, you can see all the games that we've done for the last few years. Can I throw a couple of notes in before we uh, jump off here? Because I just want to uh, – St. Francis won their second game against De La Salle. I tweeted this out last night, so I know Chase saw it. Um, there's only a handful of Bay Area teams that have won uh, twice against De La Salle. Most of them won their games against De La Salle pre-Latticer, which is 1979 when Bob took over. But, uh, yeah, the, the all-time wins are uh, Moreau Catholic and Salesian each have seven. For a Bay Area team to get a second win against De La Salle is, is pretty impressive for St. Francis. Now, 32 years in between, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you tweeted those notes out last night, and I tweeted back at you and asked about uh, two games in particular, Harry Ells High School, which no longer exists in Richmond. The reason I did that was because my dad was head coach of Harry Ells in the early 80s. Um, and uh, while they didn't beat De La Salle in the early 80s, he always told me that they continued to play De La Salle. That was a common matchup. Um, and uh, he would tell me about those games early in the lad years. So I'm going I'm to look it up now to see how many times they played because I got my <laughs> spreadsheet with all that stuff. <laughs> but they won the two straight in the uh, in 77, 78. And it's funny because Pleasant Hill High School, also no longer in existence, had a couple of wins against De La Salle. My favorite, and we're talking, you know, when we're talking about scheduling, uh, I, you know, De La Salle is afraid to schedule Mount Diablo because uh, Mount Diablo is 2-0 and against them. <laughs> Bring on the Red Devils. Bring on the Red Devils. <laughs> you, uh, you also mentioned in those notes that you thought that the 24-7 deficit last night might have been the biggest one in a long time. Did you ever end up double-checking that? Yeah, I'm going to have I've, – I've got uh, – <laughs> Hi, I'm a dork. I've I spent well over a hundred hours in, in various libraries in Walnut Creek, Livermore, Pinole, getting I have uh, PDFs basically off of the microfiche of all these box scores. And I've been uh, churning through them, trying to get historical statistics and stuff like that all the way through the Ed Hall years and all that. And uh, so I have all these box scores and I'm, I'm going to have to go through them with a fine tooth comb. But I believe that it is the largest deficit De La Salle has had to a Bay Area team since Salesian beat De La Salle 32 to nothing back in 1979. That's Latticer's first year and the worst loss uh, post-79. Uh, uh, there was a game against Napa in 1989 where they fell behind 21-7 in the first quarter um, and then came back, as you, as Chase was talking about earlier, you know, like this is the, nor the standard thing. We've all seen them play. Yeah, right, right poorly for a half or a quarter and then the onslaught comes and uh and so they had a game against napa in 89 and that 89 was a funky year they lost to st francis that year and they lost to el cerrito that year so they had kind of a, a little bit of a funky season that year but then of course won the ncs as they always do did you know this is the 40th anniversary of the last time they did not make the playoffs 1981 is the last time they did not make the ncs playoffs wow well, I don't think that streak is uh, really in jeopardy. <laughs> no, I'm just going to go out on a really big limb. <laughs> that would be the, uh, the, the, the 10,000 to one <laughs> shot. <laughs> All right. Well, 
uh, with that, we will definitely bid you adieu. Damon, thank you so much for joining us and dropping all that uh, Spartan knowledge. We knew you'd be the right guy to have today for sure. Well, I, I appreciate it. Obviously, enjoy what you guys are doing and, and really happy to come on anytime you need me. So uh, thanks for inviting me. And that wraps up uh, our emergency uh, episode of 7 Friday Night. Uh, we once, once again, we'll thank uh, Damon Esper for joining the program. And the show is now on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on any of those platforms, Search for 7 Friday Night, uh, the number 7 Friday Night, and please rate and subscribe. Uh, we build 7 Friday Night using Anchor, and you can leave us a voice message uh, by going to anchor.fm slash 7 Friday Night, the number 7 again. Uh, each, of these, each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's uh, web home of sportsstarsmag.com, so you can stream the episode there or find links to the other platforms uh, we'll also put up a link to uh, the replay of Damon's call of last night's game. Uh, Damon and Pat O'Rourke's call of last night's game from De La Salle TV. Uh, so you can find that there. And our cover art was designed by me using a photo by the late, great Norbert Vondergroven. Our killer theme music was written and performed by Dustin Phillips, who's my brother-in-law. Uh, shout out to him. That's, uh, that'll be pretty much do it. Uh, we thanks, thanks for uh, joining us, and we will see you with our regular uh, week five episode coming up on Wednesday.